Hello, Holly. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Heather. Oh, I've been trying to get you on my show for a while because I think we've got a lot in common and I've been enjoying your books. So for my listeners, this is Holly Girth, and she is a bestseller in the Wall Street Journal, and she's an author, life coach, licensed counselor. She also has a podcast called More Than Small Talk, and you've written several books, but the one I was introduced to with you that I absolutely loved was called The Powerful Purpose of Introverts, and I'm holding it up for those of you who are looking at it, but I love this. So I think before we jump in, I want to just say, is there anything else to add of who you are and what you do? Uh, let's see. I also adopted a 20 year old who is now almost 30. She aged out of the foster system. And so I get to be a very young Nana to two grandkids. Oh my <laughs> so, goodness. And I have a crazy family story, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, that's exciting. A 20 year old. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. That is really cool. That must yeah. have been a very meaningful day. Yeah, it was. It turned oh. out to be the August 28th was the day we legally changed her name. And then our granddaughter ended up being born on August 28th. So oh my it's really goodness. fun. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. So that's a whole different story, but they're a big part of my life. Oh, and when did this happen? We It's been 10 years this year since Lavelle's been in our life. Oh, wow. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's, that's definitely really worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump in, I just want to say that I have loved your work. I have loved the work that you've done. We do very similar work. I think we cross paths in a lot of areas and just rooting for people, wanting them to reach their potential and helping them to be very secure in who they're made to be. You know, the title of my book is The Life You're Made For. I truly believe each of us have a unique life to live out. And what that looks like for each of us is so different and so unique. But I love the work that you've done where you focused on introvert and extrovert. Can you speak to us a little bit about that and what got you into that? Sure. So I found out I was an introvert in college. I remember I was at a campus ministry meeting sitting on the carpet. They had this guest speaker that talked about personality types. And it was this light bulb moment for me of, oh, there are other people who operate in the world like I do, mm-hmm. you know, that don't mm-hmm. enjoy small talk all the time. And so I didn't learn a lot about it for much later until much later in my life. And it was after a season of burnout when I Mm -hmm. tried to live in a way that was out of alignment with who God created me to be as an introvert. And I feel like a lot of introverts can relate to that or love an introvert who can Mm -hmm. relate to that. Mm -hmm. So I really went deep into what's the actual research And what can I learn about what it means to be an introvert? And it turns out it's not really about people at all. It's about different ways our brains and nervous systems are wired. Mm. So I won't get too technical, but it became clear to me that God intentionally, I think, created introverts and extroverts Mm -hmm. as a complementary pairing in our world. Mm -hmm. Both are equally valid, have needed gifts to offer Mm -hmm. to the world, have strengths and challenges. And so the more I learned about how to really thrive as an introvert, the more I wanted to share it with my fellow introverts and the people who love them too. Wow. Well, I think this show is probably as much for me as it is for other people (laughs) here, hopefully listening. We spoke to us a little bit before we jumped on, but one of the things that I'm realizing is that I have an extroverted career, but I think I'm an introverted person. And so I felt this little bit of schizophrenia almost when I was reading your book and thinking, I am known for 
my extrovertedness, but boy, do I need to recharge as introvert. Can you speak to a little bit about that? Because you were just talking to me about that. And I loved what you were saying. Yeah, it was really fascinating to see there are many introverts that operate as extroverts in a certain Mm -hmm. role Mm -hmm. for a specific purpose in an area they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So for example, Oprah Winfrey is an Mm -hmm. introvert, a self-described introvert. Mm -hmm. But when we see her publicly, we wouldn't guess that Joanna Gaines is one, Jerry Seinfeld, Michael Jordan. There are a lot of public people who are introverts, but again, in that role for a purpose they're passionate about, they can switch into a different mode. So the difference is, like you said, introverts are going to need to recharge after they've done that, where an extrovert at the end of the conference might be like, all right, what are we doing now? (laughs) You know, let's go, let's go. And the introvert is like, that was amazing. It was totally worth it for me to be here. And now I need a really long nap. (laughs) <laughs> and so, so that's what I found that often yeah. introverts will have an area where they mm-hmm. operate in a more mm-hmm. extroverted way, but mm-hmm. then they just need to counterbalance that with time that recharges the introvert in them too. I love that. I heard you say earlier too about out of alignment. What were some signs that showed you that you were out of alignment? Yeah. So I had a year where when I started publishing and getting asked to speak, I just thought I have to say yes to everything and everyone. That's the job. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even really think about it. And uh, one year I had, I think, 20 speaking engagements. And Mm -hmm. the final one, I was a keynote Saturday night and Sunday morning in worship. I couldn't stop crying. (laughs) And I felt like God whispered Mm -hmm. to my heart, it's time to go home. And I knew he meant not just get on the plane, go home, take a nap, but go Mm -hmm. home to who I created you to be. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it was an ongoing sense of fatigue Mm -hmm. and tiredness, just a weariness that I started carrying with me. It was feeling like things that should have been joys were burdens, Mm -hmm. a sense of just being out of touch with who Mm -hmm. I really was and disconnected from the things that were life-giving to me. Mm -hmm. and some anxiety and depression, which I struggle with. And so whenever that starts to pop back up, I think, okay, something's out of alignment. I need to pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a variety of different things that to Mm -hmm. me added up to just a sense of burnout Mm -hmm. and that what I was doing was unsustainable. I think most Mm -hmm. things in our lives are doable, but not everything is sustainable. And Mm -hmm. I often find that with introverts, they say yes to something Mm -hmm. that is doable without really considering, is this sustainable? Can Mm -hmm. I do this long-term? So I needed to pull back, recalibrate, better understand who God created Mm -hmm. me to be, get some rest, go to counseling, reconnect with my supportive people, make different choices in my life. And then now sometimes I speak again, but I do it differently and more intentionally and strategically. I know I need nothing the day before I leave for a conference. I know I need nothing going on the day Mm. I get back that I do better if I have my own room. Like there's just Mm -hmm. a whole list of things now that I say, yeah, I can do this. Not Mm -hmm. 20 times going Mm -hmm. (laughs) full speed Mm -hmm. ahead, but intentionally and strategically, this can work. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really what it is. It's just saying, okay, if I'm I'm pushing myself so hard Mm -hmm. and I'm losing the joy in something that used to bring me joy, 
then maybe it's time to pause and just relook at this and say either, is this something I don't actually have to keep doing? Mm -hmm. Or is there a better way to do this that does fit with who God made me? Or should I hand it off? You know, Mm -hmm. is this something that an extrovert Mm -hmm. would love? And I should just say, you know what? Mm -hmm. Women's retreats where there's a ton of small talk, like I'm never going to be the best at that. But some of my friends are like, lock me in with a hundred strangers and I am the happiest person (laughs) on earth. So I should let them do that. So I think it's just about pausing and being intentional and then Mm -hmm. making some decisions that help us stay aligned with who God made us. Yeah. So your heightened emotions, it got me thinking, how much is introvertedness connected to highly sensitive people? Yeah. And that connection. I just, I'm curious if there's a connection there. Yeah, there is for sure. So a highly sensitive person is someone who has a nervous system that's more responsive to their external environment. So Mm -hmm. they can feel what other people do. They're more impacted by noise and lights. If someone's listening, isn't familiar. And there is a high correlation between Mm -hmm. introverts and HSPs because Mm -hmm. introverts also tend to have nervous systems that are highly responsive to their environments. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, a much higher percentage of introverts are also highly sensitive people than extroverts would be. So what are some recommendations you would make if someone is realizing they're listening to you and you're saying, Oh my goodness, that's me. I'm feeling overly emotional. They may not be speakers, but they might be trying to do keep up with their family work life. Um, and they're finding themselves really emotionally reactive, everything from um, crying quite a bit to depression, to anxiety what are some recommendations you make? Because you'll see where I'm going with this too. And the work that I do many times we feel like we're failing when we're doing that. And so what happens The shame and the guilt just pour on us. And so in the work that I do, I just try and come alongside people and say, let's get rid of that shame and that guilt. And let's really stay curious and find out what's going on here. Yeah. But the shame and the guilt block us. So I guess I want to get past that and say, Holly, what would you recommend for people when they're starting to realize they're getting overly stimulated and they need an out? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's exactly where I was going to go to Mm. pausing and saying, you know, what is this emotion trying to tell me? Mm. And am I experiencing shame when I don't need to? Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us just say like, what is wrong with me? You know, I should be able to do this. I Mm -hmm. should want to do this. Mm -hmm. Why am I not like other people in this way? Mm -hmm. We don't realize half the population is introverts. So if we're in a room feeling overwhelmed, half, half, so probably half the room is feeling the same way we are. We're just taught not to... (laughs) acknowledge that. And so I would say exactly what you did first pause and say, okay, I'm experiencing an emotion. I like to say emotions are great messengers. They are bad bosses. And Mm. so God created all our emotions to tell us something important. So Mm. pausing and saying, okay, what is this emotion telling me right now? It might be I'm overwhelmed and I need a break, or I feel a little unsafe in this room, even Mm -hmm. if I'm not sure why I need to find a supportive person Mm -hmm. or I've said one too many. Yes, this week. Mm -hmm. Yes is this week. And I need some rest. Mm -hmm. And so I think learning to listen to our emotions instead of like you said, shaming them can be a a really powerful starting place. 
And then mm-hmm. I think bringing those to God and saying, God, mm-hmm. I feel sad. I feel mad. I feel angry. Mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed, whatever it is, mm-hmm. just so we know we're not alone in it. And he doesn't mm-hmm. condemn us for any of that. Mm-hmm. And then I think a question that's really hard for women, especially to ask is what do I want or need right now? Mm-hmm. And the smaller, the better. Like, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. I need a five minute break. It's mm-hmm. okay to take a five minute break. Mm-hmm. I need a conversation with someone who's going to understand how I'm feeling. I need mm-hmm. to not speak for a while. It can be a mm-hmm. whole range of things, but I think it's okay to ask that mm-hmm. and then take one small step toward mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to start just that process again of realigning our lives with who we're created to be. I love that you're bringing up the connection too to the central nervous system. Because, you know, listening to your emotions is is a powerful messenger. Listening to your body is another powerful mm-hmm. messenger. But they're all trying to communicate to us and teach us about what it is that we need, want, and need. Uh, it makes me think about way back when in my early 20s, I realized I didn't know why. I just realized I cannot do overnighters with women's groups or women's retreats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I felt the initial feeling of shame and what is wrong with you, get it together. There's just seven women in here in a bunk bed. I would just lie there totally stressed all night. Mm -hmm. And once I realized, I don't really know why I do that, but I just know I need my own room. Whenever I go and speak or work or do anything, I'll just say, I just need a door that closes is is how I phrase it. Like, and I just need it to be by myself. So I can work and do the whole time and do everything, but then I need to go and have a door that closes where Once I close it, I literally can feel myself just let Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. and it's, it feels like I'm giving myself a break from this constant over stimulation where I can't, I can't focus. Yep. I had to do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. And what's going on is our people interacting with people releases Mm -hmm. a neurotransmitter called dopamine that Mm -hmm. acts kind of like caffeine. So it revs Mm -hmm. us up, prepares us for action. It gets our nervous systems like going it's for action. Mm -hmm. And so introverts are more sensitive to it. And so when we're around people for long enough, it feels like we've had an entire pot of coffee. And so, you know, one or two cups is great, but you drink the whole pot at some point, you're like, "Woo, this is a lot. And so the way we rebalance from that is closing the door, Mm. getting some quiet and space, because then we don't have more dopamine being released in our system. And we Mm. balance it out with a different neurotransmitter called acetylcholine. That is what calms our bodies and our nervous systems. And Mm -hmm. introverts lean more into that. They rely more on it. And so that's, you know, what our bodies and brains are doing Mm. in that situation. But I think too, you know, it was interesting when I realized that about myself, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's an extrovert Mm. and she's like, Oh, I love groups of women. I don't like talking to people one-on-one. It's way too vulnerable. I have to Mm. focus too hard. I have to listen too long. Mm -hmm. Like that's not for me. Like put me Mm -hmm. at a table of women and I am happy, but Mm -hmm. one-on-one I feel really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's so fascinating. Like she feels Mm -hmm like I do in a one-on-one situation, you know, like Mm -hmm. she, in a one-on-one situation, she she feels like I do with groups. 
And so I thought, how beautiful mm-hmm. that God covered everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, all the bases are covered. In, yeah. <laughs> it's just in our culture that whole like group socializing is, yeah. you know, promoted a bit more. Yeah. But as you know, as a coach, as mm-hmm. I know, as a coach, that one on one is really valuable too. Mm-hmm. And so I started realizing it's okay if I don't love to do all these things because mm-hmm. God has made someone who does. Mm-hmm. And so even at conferences, I've started having what I called a designated extrovert. <laughs> Someone oh, I would I say, that. all right, let's team up. You know, yeah. you help me work the room and yeah. connect with a lot of different people. And if someone starts crying, wants to talk for two hours, I've totally got it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are both happy. You know? Oh, that's and, great. That's a great so, idea. Yeah. So again, I think that realizing what are our strengths, what are our challenges, and then how do we team up with each other so mm-hmm. that all the needs do get covered can be mm-hmm. a really powerful thing too. How did you start explaining yourself? You know, I think that um, I've just assumed, I'm really surprised just in this podcast, I'm learning that half our population is introvert. I thought yeah. it was like 25% and 75% extrovert probably tells us how much pressure we're feeling to yeah. um, demonstrate extroverted uh, capabilities in our world. And so I think I'm just curious about how do you explain yourself to people? Because I think that's some of the fear that I run mm-hmm. into with introverts where they don't want to look shy or insecure or um, aloof or uh, withdrawn. And so I, they push and they force it and they live with this um, almost a disconnect, a private internal world and yeah. then a very different external presence. And in the work that I do, I try and help people bring that together to be their true authentic self because in there you'll yeah. find the true happiness. But yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. So one thing I would say even before the explaining is learning how to budget your own emotion and energy. So I tell introverts, think of your social energy as a bank account. And so you have so much of it. You have $100 today of social energy. And so if you know that the party tonight that you really need to go to because it's for your best friend who's getting married... It's not one that you're just going to say, sorry, I'm an introvert. I can't come. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, okay. That's a $25 party. So you've got $75 left. Mm -hmm. So that means that if three other people ask you to do something and each of those costs $50, like you can't say yes to all of that. Mm -hmm. And so pausing and saying, how do I figure out ahead of time what I have budget for socially. So the goal would be that ahead of time, we're able to manage it and Mm -hmm. say, I can do this, but not that. I realize it doesn't work perfectly in real life. Things Mm -hmm. get messy, but that's one thing I try to encourage introverts to have permission to do is start thinking of it that way. And one way that I've started to explain it to the extroverts in my life, my daughter is Mm -hmm. an extreme extrovert. I mean, like, oh, how interesting. If I'm on one side of the continuum, she is all the way on the other. Oh, and it's been helpful to tell her, I love you so much Mm -hmm. that I want you to have all of me when I'm with you. I want you to have the very best of me. And that means Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm going to need to rest Mm -hmm. or 
that we're going to focus on quality time instead mm-hmm. of quantity time that I may not be able to keep up with you on an eight hour yeah. shopping trip, yeah. but I would love to do one that's two hours in lunch, you know? Mm. And so I think explaining to people because extroverts I found can feel rejected. Yeah. And so explaining to them, like, it's actually because I love you so much. I want mm. you to have the absolute best of me can be one way mm. to explain it. And then, you know, learning some basics about introvert, extrovert, brain and nervous system differences to just help people understand, like, this isn't a preference. It's a way that God intentionally created me. Mm. And like all the ways we're created, there are times we need to step outside of that for the sake mm-hmm. of love. But I found it does help people just go, oh, like we really are different. This mm-hmm. isn't just you saying, well, this is, you know, my preference. This mm-hmm. is really the zone I thrive in. And then giving them mm-hmm. freedom in the same way, you know, mm-hmm. or your extroverts to say, how can I love you well? What mm-hmm. do you need from me? What makes you feel important in my life? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's just about having conversations where we both share who we are and what makes us feel loved. I think I'm hearing the importance of knowing yourself first mm-hmm. and then finding the language around that. Yeah. Um, I use an allegory in my book about this little girl who is given a bracelet. And over the years, she gets given more and more bracelets so much so that she can't go on her tire swing anymore, which gives her a lot of joy. She can't spend her time with the stars, which is where she hears the voice on the wind that reminds her who she is. So it's an allegory that I've used and I put it in my chapter book as well, because my clients have resonated with so much. They'll jump on the line saying, and I need help with my bracelets today. I need help, Mm, you know, understanding. And Mm -hmm. I always tell people in a world that loves to polarize Bracelets are neither good nor bad. It's the ones yeah. we choose to wear and the ones we have to recognize that are preventing us from getting on our tire swings and spending time mm-hmm. under the stars and remembering who we are. I think in the work that I've done, particularly in North America, I've traveled around and I I created this language because there was so little language around how to slow down and really listen to what it is you need and you want and then this goes to the clarity, to confidence and courage, but have the courage to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. It what does. advice do you have for that? Yeah. I would say, first of all, giving yourself permission just to start asking those questions. Who did mm. God create me to be? Mm. And what are my strengths? What are my challenges? I think the mm-hmm. core parts of who we are, are on a continuum. Mm. And on one side of that is a struggle. And on the other is a strength. So for example, introverts with our more sensitive nervous system on the struggle side that can show up as anxiety. Mm-hmm. And on the strength side, it can show up as empathy. That same mm-hmm. nervous system. That means I have a tendency mm-hmm. to get a bit anxious <laughs> when mm-hmm. I am stressed mm-hmm. is the same nervous system that makes mm-hmm. me deeply empathetic and effective writer. Mm. And so I think that can be powerful instead of labeling ourselves as this is bad. This is good. Mm. I should be like this. I shouldn't be like that. Pausing and saying, who am I? Who did God made me? What are the challenges that come with that? And what Mm. are the strengths and gifts? And if we Mm. don't know, asking people who love us, because it's often Mm. hard to see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so saying, tell me, tell me who about 
what you see in me. Mm. You know, how do I reflect the image of a creative God who made Mm me like no one else on this earth? Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right that starting by getting curious in a non-judgmental, compassionate way toward ourselves, really the way that we would talk to or treat a friend. And mm-hmm. I know you had Dr. Allison Cook on. Yeah. And her book. Loved her. Yeah. Yes. So anyone mm-hmm. listening, go back to that episode and listen to her because she has helped me personally. Her work has helped me. Yes. And she does a great job of helping mm-hmm. women start to get in touch with who they really are. Mm-hmm. So I would say get curious and treat yourself like you would a good friend. Mm. How do you talk to yourself? Well, that has been one of my biggest struggles. I (laughs) have had an inner critic for Mm. years and she is not in control anymore. Thankfully, Mm. I've come a long way, but if I'm tired or stressed, she pops back up. Mm. And so at least I've started to recognize that. And I even had a moment today where I did something that I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I wish I hadn't said that that way. And I heard this critical chatter in my mind and I thought, would you say that to Lavelle? That's my daughter. Mm, Or would you say that to Eula? Like in picturing someone saying that to my Mm five-year-old granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And so I said to the voice in my head, we don't talk to people like that. Mm. You need to say you're sorry, which is what Eula's mom says to her, (laughs) you know, so I'm learning this. Reparenting your little self there, huh? But yeah, Mm. like I've made Mm. my critical voice apologize to myself today Mm. because, you know, that, yeah, that's what Mm. we would say to someone else. We don't talk to people that way. You Mm -hmm. need to say that you're sorry. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's retraining that voice in our minds and then Mm. saying, okay, I have the self-critic. Now, what does the voice of Jesus sound like? That's going to be the opposite, the voice of compassion, of care, of truth, you know, of telling me who I really am, even in my worst moments and on my toughest days. Mm. And so I think that's a lifelong thing. At least it's going to be for me. Mm. I've made progress, but even today, like I had another little incident (laughs) where I was like, all right, inner critic, (laughs) you are not allowed to do that. I'm going to put you in timeout. So, (laughs) oh, I love it. I love that you heard it though. I think that's, let's just, let's just pause and uh, give each other a high five there that you heard (laughs) it because that sometimes is the hardest part. Yeah. We just push through and wonder why we're pushing through. Mm-hmm. Or we're we're being mean to ourselves, not letting ourselves rest, or whatever it is that we do, because we we don't want to listen to ourselves. So yeah. the fact you're able to listen to yourself and then speak up for yourself, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lot of years <laughs> coming. Oh, a lot yeah. of hard work. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this then too, because that is hard. I think many of us can resonate, especially those of us of high achievers. We can re- uh, really resonate with that very harsh, critical, inner critic. And I guess I want to ask you, what has helped you listen to that inner critic and kind of tame it? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. I think having supportive people in my life has been Mm. part of it, that often when we start that process, we do need external voices who sound Mm. different than our internal ones. Mm. And so... That for me looks like making sure I have 
good friends and also counseling. Like I recently went back to counseling because I'm in a season where I need it. Mm-hmm. And I feel no shame about that whatsoever. I'm just mm-hmm. really grateful that I can go to someone who has expertise in areas that I don't, who can mm-hmm. help me untangle things and get the truth that I need. So I think I would say if someone's listening, saying, what's the first step? Find someone who can be an external voice who's a counter to your internal one. Mm. And Mm. then over time, you will start internalizing that. Mm -hmm. And so being intentional with things like, you know, it sounds really cheesy, but in this season of my life, it's something I need to do. I will write encouraging text to myself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if I find I'm struggling, I, I will ask, what do I wish someone would say to me right now? Mm-hmm. And then I will say it to me right now. Mm-hmm. And it took me forever to realize that I was allowed to do that. I think as women, wow. like, yeah. you know, we're just taught we can't, mm-hmm. we can be kind and encouraging to everyone but ourselves. Somehow mm-hmm. that's selfish or prideful. And it's been so powerful to say like, yes, I do need those voices in my life and I need time and space to listen to the voice of God and to be in his word. But also sometimes I need to be the one who says it, you know, who says, Mm -hmm. good job. I'm glad you worked through that moment with your inner critic. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of how far you've come. That is not how you would have reacted several Mm -hmm. years ago. Like, And so I think... Yeah, we need the voice of others. We need the voice of God. And then we need the courage to be a voice of compassion for ourselves, too. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. And I'm hearing you talk about your faith. Uh, My faith is important to me as well. But I work with people of all different walks of life and faith and backgrounds. And I guess I want to ask you how is your faith impacted? you getting to know who you are and who you're meant to be in this world. Yeah, that to me is foundational because Mm. I do come at it from a place of, I was created intentionally, Mm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so wherever someone is on their spiritual journey or whatever they're exploring or figuring out, Mm -hmm. I think that just saying, Hey, you know, God, show me who I am. Like you created me. Mm. And so I'm, a masterpiece of yours, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's what turns people off from religion. It turns me off from religion (laughs) Yeah. when it seems like I have to look at myself and all I'm allowed to see is what God wants me to stop doing or how I should be different or the ways I'm getting it wrong. Like Mm -hmm. no one wants that in their lives. No. But if I approach it from, wow, like I do believe there's a creator who made each and every one of us in Mm -hmm. an extraordinary way, no Mm -hmm. matter how different we are, no matter how we might see Mm -hmm. the world and, you know, different ways or be in different places where our spiritual journeys, I think every person on this planet is a living, breathing work of art Mm. that brings delight to God. Mm. And so... I would say, get curious about that, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. set aside all the religious stuff that, you know, you may have gotten in childhood that 
was different from that, or you may hear on the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead just say like, let's get back to how I was created and what mm-hmm. is good about that. Because mm-hmm. in Genesis, it says God saw all he made and it was very good. Mm. And so I think wherever we are, we can ask God, show me what is very good about me. Mm. Not what I hope will be very good tomorrow, but mm. what is very good about me right now, right here mm. where I am without changing anything. Mm. And then help me to become more of that a little Mm. bit more of that every day. Mm. I think that's a journey all of us are on is Mm. becoming more Mm. of who we were always designed to be. I love that. It reminds me of that Latin term, the Imago Dei. Mm -hmm. And I believe every human being has the Imago Dei, which is simply the image of God they hold within them. So to your point, Boy, life gets in the way, our brokenness, our sad stories, everything that hits us can really get in the way of who we're made to be. But returning back to who we're made to be, and even using your phrase earlier of coming back home to your sense of self, I think that's where God is. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. I think that we talk about him so often as we have to find him, Mm. (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think real spiritual connection is a returning mm-hmm. now it's a returning back to who we really are and who we were created to be and the one who who thought us up who dreamed mm-hmm. us up in the first place yeah clearing out all the stuff that got in the way yes right? yeah <laughs> yes. it's just kind of almost i see this spring cleaning i'm just starting to throw mm-hmm. out everything and say how yeah. much got in the way yeah expectations I put on myself, the inner critic, what other people said I should or shouldn't be doing, you know, the bracelets that started working against me, but things that start getting in the way where it's not who we truly are. It's just what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me pivot over to your new book coming out because I'm loving the title of it. (laughs) What your mind needs for anxious moments. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so this is the book that I wrote around the pandemic when mm, obviously everyone timing. was yes. anxious, including me. And so I went through scripture since that's the spiritual perspective I'm living my life out of and mm. looked for all the times that someone was anxious and there are plenty mm. <laughs> and some people handled it really well and I learned mm. from them and some people handled it terribly mm. and I learned from them. And so <laughs> I love, you know, mm. the we look at the Bible, like it's just a religious text, but it's a book of stories about people, mm. you know, it's mm-hmm. a book about stories of humans trying to figure out how to be in the world. Mm. And I learned a lot from them about anxiety Mm. and what helps and what doesn't. And so I took that and learned a lot that I applied to my own life, but also turned it into this book that gives people a little something every day that they can apply in their lives too. Mm, I love it. Thank you for writing that. With all the stats going up of anxiety in our world, anxiety, depression, and just even in the research articles I kept reading over and over, more research is needed, more research is needed. So we're trending in the wrong direction. And the work that you're doing to help us to start, oh, slowing it down and reversing it. I think that's Mm -hmm. what I'm excited about, Holly. And I appreciate everything you're doing to help us start to look for a remedy 
versus just a relief. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Mm. Well, what is it you want introverts to know that maybe they don't get told? Yeah. I want them to know that the world needs your strengths and gifts Mm. more than ever before. Mm. Mm. We desperately need introverts to be who they actually are because Mm. we live in a noisy, overwhelming, chaotic world that is even wearing out extroverts. (laughs) (laughs) And I love extroverts. I want them to be exactly who they are too. But introverts, the world needs your quiet. We need your intentionality and your thoughtfulness. We need Mm. your empathy and your creativity. We need your steadiness and your gentleness and all of the things that you sometimes wish were different about you. Mm. That is exactly what we need right now. Mm. And so please become more of who you are and try Mm. instead of trying to be someone that you're not. That is the greatest gift that you could offer all of us. Mm. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Anything else you want to say that you haven't said? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You talked a little bit about your research. Can you, I noticed you've written at least five, six books now. Almost 20. 20. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm so off on that. (laughs) I should have done my research on that. I can't even keep them straight either. My mama can't even keep them straight. I don't expect anybody to. (laughs) Don't ask me any of the subtitles because I will get them totally wrong. Oh, I know. In an interview last week, I gave the, I swapped out the subtitle for a different book. I do the same thing. I don't know why I can't remember that. I only wrote one, so (laughs) I feel it. (laughs) Um, Tell us a little bit about your process of what makes you start moving into writing a book and what that looks like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up, my grandparents had a Christian bookstore. So I grew up as a little girl who wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. My mom has my first book that I wrote when I was five. Oh, <laughs> cute. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. And so I feel really grateful I get to do it. But I think that it's it's an inner process where the same theme starts showing up. It's kind of mm-hmm. like if you think you might want to buy a red car, all of a sudden there are red cars everywhere. Yeah. It'll start feeling like every conversation I have, every, you know, book I read, like mm-hmm. the same c- kind of theme keeps popping out at me, which makes mm-hmm. me curious and want to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Or often it's processing what's going on in my own life, like being an introvert mm-hmm. or hearing similar things from the women I engage with in my mm-hmm. life and my work. If everybody's saying mm-hmm. I'm anxious yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying me too, then that's yeah. probably something to write about. Sure. And so then I'll often do a deep dive and read everything I can get my hands on about it. Like mm-hmm. for the introvert book, I have hundreds of articles saved in my Evernote, like everything I could find and then condense it down, read every book that's been (laughs) written on it and then condensing that down. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that's something as writers, we're also to be curators, you know, nobody Mm -hmm. else wants to read all those articles. (laughs) They just want the, you know, (laughs) highlights that actually help. And so doing that. And then I often start writing on my blog and social media. Mm. I'll write a post and see Mm -hmm. how it resonates. People will ask questions, which helps me shape the material and think think about things I wouldn't otherwise. And if I keep writing, if I'm like, oh, there's a whole lot more here than just Mm -hmm. a post or social media, then 
I think this is probably the next book. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm thinking about it, I'm writing about mm-hmm. it, and I always have more to say in my writing. People are resonating. Mm-hmm. There's probably something to pursue here. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. yeah, it feels very organic. I'm mm-hmm. not good at outlining books or planning way ahead. Mm-hmm. I just have an inner sense of there's something here and then go chase it, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> One of the phrases you have on your book when you talk about your bio is, says she imagines a world where we all become who we're created to be, use our strengths to serve and grow for a lifetime. How'd you come yeah. up with that? I think that just encapsulates what I'm passionate about is Mm. first you need to embrace who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you become all you're created to be. And then again, back to things being sustainable, Mm -hmm. you know, I really want people to be able to thrive, not just today, but for Mm -hmm. a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, and my grandpa who owned the bookstore, Grandpa Holly, I was named after him. I got to watch him do that. (laughs) He lived to be 93. And until the very end, he was like going after it with life. So I think he's a big inspiration to me to say, okay, it really Mm -hmm. is possible to finish Mm -hmm. strong. And so, yeah, that would be my hope that we embrace who we are and Mm -hmm. and do that well for a lifetime. Mm. What a legacy. As we wrap up, what is something you want to leave our listeners with? Some kind of encouragement. I would say that you are doing better than you feel like you are today. Mm, I love that. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, especially as we start a new year, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so our culture is so high pressure right now. Mm -hmm. We are an optimization culture. Mm. Everything in our lives, we are told we have to optimize, whether it's our health or our money or our relationships or ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because of that, what we tend to see in the day to day is the gap between where we are now and where we feel like we're supposed to be by now. Mm. And that can be a painful place to live. Mm. And yet when I look at the lives of women mm-hmm. and when I have the clarity to look at my own life in this way, mm. I see the people are showing up and mm. they're being faithful. They're loving their families. They're connecting mm through their work. They're getting out of bed on the days when it's hard to do that again. They're Mm. keeping their hearts open in a world where it'd be a whole lot easier to slam our hearts shut forever that, Mm. you know, they're Mm -hmm. doing the hard, messy work of figuring out struggles and leaning into strengths. And so I would just say, yeah, wherever Mm. you are today, you are likely doing far better than it feels like in this moment. And so keep, Mm. keep doing that. Keep Mm. doing the, the great and gentle and glorious work of being human, because Mm. that's what we need from you. Mm. And that's enough. It's just Mm -hmm. to show up today and say, here I am. And I'm going to offer what I have and, and call it enough. Mm. I love that. Someone asked me the other day how I was doing. I said, I'm doing okay. I've got just enough for today. Yeah. It was like, I don't have a lot of surplus, but I also don't feel like I'm um, lacking, but um, I could feel that. Nope. I got just enough for today. And then tomorrow I'm going to have enough for tomorrow. And the next day I have enough for that day. Yeah. Well, one of the last questions I love asking because it's not even an if question. It's just a more of a what do you do in the morning to start your day? And 
in my work with people, I've realized everybody's got their own morning rituals. Yeah. I just want to ask you, what do you do? What's your morning rituals to start your day? Yes, it varies in this season. I usually at the start of a new year, I'm wanting to like have big dreams and all Mm. these big goals and I have not been able to get there. So I am doing my word for the year's mini adventures. And then I also have a little list of micro goals, like very small things. So in the morning, I get on my treadmill and I string a few of those together. So one is listening to a three-minute podcast called Prayer Starters that my friend Susie Eller created. So it's three minutes. And then I listen to a passage of scripture read out loud, which takes about two minutes. (laughs) And then I do an app called Envision where I do some vision work for three minutes. Oh, wow. And I do affirmations for like one minute. And I listen to a song. And so, and and then I usually go on TikTok because I'm trying to uh, laugh out loud every day in animal videos. <laughs> I tend to do that. So it's this I love weird it. range of like very spiritual and serious to I'm watching a cat do something weird on TikTok. <laughs> but um, each of those is a little micro goal that I, I check off. And so I've never done anything like that before. I don't know that I will ever do it again in a different season, but mm. I, right now that's what I can manage. I like, love it. I can manage under five minutes uh-huh. because of just where I am. And so it's been fun instead oh. of like saying, I have to do these big things. I have to carve out an hour, yep. or, you know, I have oh. to do this really intense like thing. I uh-huh. like, nope, three minutes. <laughs> I'm going to count perfect. that. I'm still getting the check mark for that. So <laughs> yeah, it's been great. kind of fun <laughs> to shift my mindset this year. Oh, I love that. I, you know, I, for some reason that so inspires me just because you're an introvert and I, I was expecting, well, I journal for two hours and then I do, yeah, you no. know, and I, I love that you <laughs> still have this, uh, I got two minutes here. I got one minute here. Yeah. I've got all I could do right there. That's a yep, great that's little it. formula. That's where I'm living right now. So oh, that's yeah. great. Well, thanks for coming on our show today. It was just so fun chatting with you, Holly. And again, I love the work you're doing in your 20 plus books more books are coming out i'm sure (laughs) so keep doing that and just keep showing up with your best self because we sure need your voice no thanks again for having me heather you're welcome you're welcome take care everyone thanks for joining us today we'd love a review helps us out quite a bit wherever you are just drop a review and you can find out more at heatherpenny.com cheering you on